everybody, and welcome to the Hoopball Orlando Magic Show. I am your host, Alan Barney. You can find me at Twitter on Twitter at Alan J underscore B, all lowercase. And people, how about those Orlando Magic? They were able to capture their second win of the early season last night in Minnesota at the Target Center as they won by a score of 115 to 97. Great performances all the way around from the first play from the starters, the bench, Jamal Mosley getting a good work in with his coaching staff as the, the defensive approach that he has been preaching since day one, according to the players, really showed itself, especially in the fourth quarter. And we all have seen in early parts of this season, the fourth quarter has been kind of the big elephant in the room for this young Orlando Magic team, which is not a surprise considering how young this team is. You know, one of the big aspects of development of NBA players is learning how to close out games and win in the fourth quarter. And they've struggled against better teams, so to speak, more experienced teams and the, the Raptors and the Hornets and the Celtics early on, but they put it together and probably the fourth quarter, I would say was their best quarter overall by far in, uh, in Minnesota last night. Uh, talking about that fourth quarter, they scored 43 points. That is the most points they've scored in a single period so far through their first eight games. And the defense really showed up as the Timberwolves. Obviously, they missed shots as well on their end, but only scored 19, so a 24-point difference. You got to pay attention to the how the Magic faced adversity. They were down as much as 13, or excuse me, 10 in the first half, and then we're down by 10 again as late as two minutes left in the third quarter. And in most occasions, when you get a team this young in that situation – it usually snowballs into something worse and they lose by a lot more than 10 points, but the young players really showed their mettle and their reaction to being punched in the mouth. And they came out and really were, they just played lights out in that fourth quarter after, and it's kind of a role reversal because in the third quarter, the magic only scored 19 points, but the Timberwolves couldn't really put them away. They only had 20. So it, overall the third quarter was, ugly for both teams but in this, the fourth you know the magic made it up and won that one by 24 uh for i can't even begin to start with the impression that franz wagner as a rookie is leaving on the nba in this magic franchise i mean and wagner along with cole anthony they became the second set of orlando magic teammates that are 21 years old or younger to both score 25 plus in the same game. The only other time that's happened in franchise history was back in 2001. A couple of guys you might recognize, Tracy McGrady and Mike Miller did that as McGrady scored 33 and Miller scored 28 that night. Uh, Wagner played out of his mind, had by far his best game of his young career with a career high 28 points. Also pulled in four rebounds with a couple of assists and a couple of steals. Five for nine from three points, three-point line. He just couldn't miss, and he scored 10 of his 28 in the fourth quarter and was one of the, the core pieces that led the Magic to run away with this victory. Taking a look at the other box score, and also before I move on from Wagner, he did that in just 31 minutes, which is the least amount of minutes played out of any of the five starters in that game for the Magic. So he 
he couldn't miss in the fourth, as I said. And Wagner talked after the game about his fourth quarter approach and what he did differently compared to other games. And here was Wagner after the game. I mean, I don't really think about it like that. I just try to play the game. Uh, try to play every second the, the right way. Um, you know, take the shots that, that are open for me. If I'm not open, I'm going to drive or, or kick it to someone else. Um, even in those last six minutes, uh, helps a lot when you shoot it well. And uh, that's when a lot of other things open up. But um, you know, it's also uh, coach giving me that opportunity and putting me in those positions. And my teammates trusting me in those, in those spots. So, um Really thankful that I got that opportunity today. So that's a key. There's a lot of key aspects that Wagner touched on in that interview, but I'll try to remember that a couple of them are what's key to a young player's development, and that is trusting these younger guys to take those shots, make those big plays in key moments. And there's no better feeling for a younger player when they know they have the trust of not only their coaching staff but also their teammates to go and make a big play when they're needed when they're asked to do it or expected to do it and that's exactly what Wagner did and in my opinion a another aspect that uh, that people could have possibly missed in that interview is when you're a young player it's really common for in any sport not only basketball for these these rookies or second, third year players, when they step up a level from say college to the NBA, the the pace of the game obviously changes. You're no longer the big fish in the little pond anymore. You're back to the bottom of the totem pole. And the speed of the game can be a, a, a huge issue for rookies. And at times it can, uh, uh, um, what's the term I'm looking for here, consume and just, take over a young player's game and then event and mentally it, it kills them. It kills their self-esteem and confidence. And that's where, that's why you see so many peaks and valleys with rookies in the NBA. Cause at times their confidence is sky high as we saw with Wagner tonight. And then they might come out the next game and they can't hit a shot and they're, they go to a dark place mentally. So that's an important part. I said of Wagner is having trust of his coaches and teammates and also just playing without thinking too much, just let it, let it flow. Let it, let the shots flop fly, let it out of your hand. Don't think too much. Obviously you got to be smart about how you handle the ball and where you're going and where you're setting up for shots and playing defense and who you're covering, but thinking too much can cause mistakes hundred percent of the time. And Wagner, Wagner, as we saw here in the fourth last night without thinking about it and just letting the shots go and, playing off of instinct, it produced what was his best game of his short career so far in the NBA. And it'll be interesting to see if he can carry that momentum. Obviously, like any other player in the sport, he'll have bad nights. But if he can keep this run going and into this short road trip before they head back home for five games, that would be huge to see it and part of for the Magic trying to get back into the playoff race as they sit towards the bottom of the Eastern Conference at two and six. But big night for Wagner. and But he wasn't even the player of the game, in my opinion. My vote for player of the game for feels like the fifth game in a row goes to point guard Cole Anthony, another big night. And he topped his previous career high with a new career high of 31 points. 
Also picked up nine rebounds, eight assists, and a couple of steals, even a block. And over this stretch of play lately where he's just gone to another level, we see that triple-double threat. I mean, he was a rebound and two assists shy of doing it. He's already gotten one so far this season. And I've hit on this before. Anthony is a key part. Everybody talks about Markel Fultz when he comes back from his injury and Jonathan Isaac and what he was doing before he got hurt. And then everybody wants to focus a lot on Jalen Suggs being the first-round pick from this year and being a key part. But Anthony seemed to have gotten lost amongst all these guys. You got the, the guys from the previous years who have a lot of hype, and you've seen them perform well with Fultz and Isaac, and even Wendell Carter at times. And then you got the new guys coming in, Suggs, Wagner, and even Bamba who's not as new as Suggs or Wagner, uh, had some hype to his name. It was just more about putting it together. And it it felt like that Anthony was kind of either not really being pushed out, but being looked at as the forgotten piece or the guy that may not be as important to this rebuild as Jalen Suggs or Markel Fultz or John Isaac. But I tell you what, Cole Anthony is putting all that narrative to bed he is just playing with like a, he's in an, another time zone compared to what he's going up against on the court. His plus minus for the game was plus 19. He was six of 11 from three point range, nine of 11 at the free throw line. Hit a couple of big threes in the fourth quarter to get the magic going to where they could get close and then take the lead. And right now, Cole Anthony is clearly the best player on this team. Will it, Will he be able to sustain it? That's obviously the million-dollar question, especially when Fultz and Isaac comes back and they eat into his volume and ball handling. But for the time being, Cole Anthony's really proven himself. And after the game, he was asked what he what he thought was different about how the Magic handled the fourth quarter compared to games so far that they lost in this season. This is what, this is what Anthony had to say. I think that a lot of these – Games, a few games, he says, we've we kind of been there in that fourth quarter. That's kind of been when the other teams kind of taking the stride. Tonight, you know, we did a great job of building up that lead in that fourth quarter and then not letting them, you know, get back in the game, but instead extending our lead and going and eventually getting that dub. So, obviously, I'm a full on, fully on the Cole Anthony bandwagon train. Uh, some other key parts that played their – Roll tonight and were huge in the win. Wendell Carter in the in the paint, he was big, 15 points, 14 rebounds. Also had three assists, hit two three-pointers. And he played 36 minutes compared to Bomba's 34. Carter, he, he had the hype of being a, a lottery pick with the Bulls. It didn't really work out, mostly because of injuries and then other players coming in in his position. So it was kind of a fresh start for him coming to the Magic last year. And he's, he's taken advantage of that. He's He's been really impressive so far this season. And you could see him possibly being a mentor a little bit, an older brother type of role to Mo Bamba, teaching him tricks of the trade since they are pretty similar positions. And he's he's shown up. His first couple of games were not good, especially opening night when he didn't really get to play enough minutes to what I thought he should have. But each game, his minutes have gone up, and he's proving why the Magic were feeling justified to trade Nick Vucevic for him. And 
Bamba, he was he was quiet on the offensive end with eight points. He missed all three of his three-point attempts, but he did have 10 rebounds and four blocks, which was the big role that everybody wants Bamba to fulfill as being that rim protector and the paint and just creating havoc on that in that part of the floor and on the defensive side. But no doubt his offensive game will be back. It just appeared that his shot was off tonight. He did hit both of his free throws, though. Jalen Suggs was also in the starting lineup. He played 32 minutes. Shot still wasn't quite there. Five of 14 from the field, one of six from three. But on a positive note, he did hit all four of his free throws. And then naturally, he had five turnovers. It's a young point guard. He's learning what he can get away with in the NBA. And turnovers, mistakes are going to happen. He did have 15 points and four rebounds and also a block. Only one assist. But with Anthony... Being in control of the ball a majority of the time, Suggs might not see as many assists as people would like to see. But he did it. He's Suggs is showing his maturity. He's showing he can drive to the hoop and put his body on the line, and he's not afraid to do it. He's he can make he can deal with contact, and that's a big part of the adversity that I was talking about earlier with these young players. Is you get knocked down, you got to get back up, and that's exactly what this team did against the Timberwolves. Off the bench, Chuma Okiki still working his way back into full game shape, played 21 minutes and had eight points, four rebounds, a couple of assists. And two for nine from the field, two of seven from three. So his shot was also off like Suggs and Bamba, but he made a couple of key threes in that fourth quarter that ignited that huge 24 to seven run when they were down at by 10 at the start of the run. R.J. Hampton played 15 minutes. He only had three points and a couple of rebounds, missed both of his three-point shots. Hampton did have an opportunity this early portion of the season to really earn himself some playing time, especially when Fultz and Isaac came back. But his shot's not been there. He's been a little bit turnover happy. And at the moment for Hampton, he's really going to have to turn things around if he wants to be a part a key part of this team moving forward and get a lot of minutes when Fultz and Isaac come back. Terrence Ross, I've said before, that's the main scoring threat off the bench. The veteran played 28 minutes, five points, four assists, three rebounds. Really didn't get too many opportunities to shoot. He only took three shots, made both two of them. What was really nice to see with Ross, even though he is expected to be the top scorer off the bench, four assists. And he, as a veteran, you expect him to know when the role, the lanes and when to pass and how certain teams play defense. And Ross was a key part of that. Gary Harris did not play again, still dealing with the hamstring issue. And that can be a little bit concerning. He's already missed a couple games with that. And it's kind of last minute right before opening night where it showed up. So not sure what to speculate with Gary Harris, but in a situation where maybe the magic we're thinking of shipping him out later in the season. If he was playing well, it's at the moment, not looking too positive and hopefully Gary will be back soon and can start contributing to the magic. And Robin Lopez also didn't play either. An interesting stat since October 24th, which is 10 days ago from today, there are three players averaging 22 points, nine rebounds, five assists per game. And then you got the two that are no surprise, Giannis and Kat, who's on the other side of this one. The third one, Cole Anthony. And they're all doing it while shooting 50% or better from three-point land. 
So, or excuse me, actually, Anthony's the only one averaging those numbers while shooting 50% from three. He's, these past six games have been on another level, and I can't wait to see if he can keep it up. And if he does, you know, this might change some things for the expectations and role for Markel Fultz because the plan and going into the season appeared to be that Anthony and Suggs would handle this point guard, shooting guard role until Fultz came back. And then the assumption was Cole Anthony would move back to shooting guard and Fultz would take over a point guard. But if he's playing like this, the Magic are playing with house money right here because now you don't necessarily have to bring back Fultz as soon as you may have wanted to. You can maybe let him recover more and more and get back into game shape and let Anthony's confidence just grow. And then when Fultz is ready and Isaac is ready, you got he can run out the full team to go along with Carter and Bamba and Wagner and Suggs and Okiki and Ross and maybe Gary Harris if those guys are still around. So all in all, it was a very positive night. The Magic, the young guys, they showed they can do it. They can be knocked down and have a big deficit and come back and win a game and dominate a fourth quarter. Overall, the team stats for the two teams, the Magic, were 45 45% from the field goal range, uh, excuse me, with field goals. The Timberwolves, 37% as they took 15 more shots. From three-point land, the Magic were 17 of 43 at a clip of 39.5%, while the Timberwolves 14 of 51 at 27%. They were hitting a lot of shots early, and there was a few breakdowns from the Magic defense where you're kind of wondering what was going on. Mosley, obviously a defensive first coach, and these breakdowns weren't too encouraging, but they really ratcheted it up as the game went along and got focused. Free throw line, this is a key part for the Magic, 24 of 30, 80%, one of their better performances at the charity stripe. Timberwolves, uh, along with, with the other shooting stats, weren't too good. They were 11 of 19, 57%. The Carter and Bamba tandem led the Magic to win the rebound battle, 51 to 47. They killed it in the defensive rebounds, 39 to 31. The Timberwolves won the offensive side, 16-12, mostly because of Carl Anthony Towns. There's that's no surprise there. Assists were even at 21. The Timberwolves did have more steals, 8-5, to five, but the Magic made up for it in blocks, 7-1, to one, and that's that twin tower tandem taking a part of that in Carter and Bamba. Bamba had four of those seven. The turnovers for the Magic still a little concerning, 16 of the Timberwolves, 14, which led to 18 points for the Timberwolves off those 16 turnovers. You can't give teams, especially good teams, extra opportunities to score. And that's obviously something they're going to have to continue to work on. Points in the paint were even 38 to 38. And I mean, listen, when a team has Carl Anthony Towns, it's more than likely you're going to have the, they're going to have the advantage in the paint, but Carter and Bamba held their own. And it's like I said, the key message to take away from this win is how the magic fought adversity, came back, dominated the fourth quarter, and changed the narrative of what's been written about them through the first seven games of the season, especially being down 13 at one point and then 10 as late as two minutes in, left in the third quarter. So a very promising night for the Magic as they move to two and six on the season. And they will continue their road trip Wednesday night against the Celtics. 
at seven o'clock. Excuse me. Actually, that was the the last game of their road trip. They are now going to be home for the next five games, a big homestand that starts Wednesday night with the Celtics at seven. And then Friday night, they get the Spurs at home as they will look to avenge their opening night, 26 point loss. And then Utah and Brooklyn, very tough games right there. And then Washington to uh, finish off that homestand. So a big stretch of games coming up against contenders where the Magic can really show their mettle and see what they're about. And we'll just have to keep an eye on if Cole Anthony can keep this unbelievable run up. And if Franz Wagner can continue to make shots, Carter and Bamba can dominate the paint. Jalen Suggs needs to continue to develop. Hopefully for Chuma Okiki. He continues to get in game shape and play a key role for the Magic. <clears throat> and with that being said, I appreciate you guys for listening. I can't wait to talk to you again after the Celtics game. Once again, this is a hoop ball presentation, the Hoop Ball Orlando Magic Show. I am your host, Alan Barney. You can find me on Twitter at AlanJ underscore B, all lowercase. I appreciate you guys for listening for listening once again, and I hope everybody has a good night. And we'll see you next time. Adios.